I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to Forward Progress here on the Hammer Betting Network. I'm your host, Rob Pizzola, joined as always by my co-host, Clive Bixby. If you are tuning in live during the holidays, happy holidays for everyone listening after the fact or watching after the fact, happy holidays as well. We are live on the Forward Progress YouTube channel and live on Twitter at Forward NFL. Clive, hope things went well with you and the family. How's everything going? Well, things are good. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to all the uh, the audience out there. Thanks for tuning in on a Monday morning. Um, things went pretty well. How about for you? Yeah, same thing. Uh, my schedule was thrown off this week, which is, um, you know, it's it's a little bit weird having football on Saturday, full slate, and then the three Christmas Day games. Um, so, you know, I'm kind, kind of stepping away from the table from lunch once every 15 minutes to tune into Packers, Dolphins, and see what's going on there. But overall, cannot complain. Um, for those out there who do want to get involved in the show today, Hop on over to our YouTube channel. If you're watching on Twitter, you will see it at the bottom of the screen. It's the Ford Progress YouTube channel. Um, we're going to repeat the style that we had last week, which was a hit for everyone. So we will actually bring up the current lines on the board and we will discuss where we think that they will move uh, over the course of the week. And again, if you can't stick around for the full show, no problem at all. The episode is available in full. Uh, after the fact, we'll try to get that up as early as we can today um, in podcast form on Spotify and Apple Music. How did the bets treat you this week, Clive? Uh, low volume, but hit everything. So I'm, you know, Santa was good to me in terms of the betting this weekend. So I can't. I'm very happy with that. Nice. Got a little yeah. bit early. Uh, Got in early on the Hertz news. Um, did buy a little bit back because I thought the line moved way too far. Um, so happy I got that part right. A little bit of teaser uh, success. How about you? Uh, very good week again. Gave back some on s- Sunday. So I had extremely good Saturday. Um, probably my best full slate of the year. And then uh, very, <laughs> very bad bet on the Rams. Uh, sorry, on the Broncos against the Rams yesterday. Uh, which was over I don't know, about five minutes into that game. Um, and I, I lost on the uh, the Packers Dolphins over as well, which was uh, I would call that a pretty painful one. Just um, God, man, Tua was Tua was horrible yesterday. Really, really, really bad yesterday. But I can't complain overall. Um, but let's let's start with our usual starting point. Um, anything that you felt strongly about this week? that was solidified by the games that just passed? Um, one, that the Eagles, regardless of what happened versus spread, that the Eagles can compete without Hurts. Um, they're just so good on both sides of the ball, especially on the line. Um, so that that was one thing. Um, the Bucks are unbettable in terms yeah. of 
giving margin. Like, just don't do it. If you maybe want to put it on in a teaser, I guess that that's okay. But they're they're 100% on my don't bet list. And then there was another one. Let me just think through. Oh, the Vikings and the Giants did exactly kind of what I thought they would do in terms of just being average and, and, and maybe trade leads back and forth. Um, wasn't all that impressed with either team. The two luckiest teams probably in the NFL. Um, so that those were the three, I think, that kind of stand out to me. Another Vikings game where they seemingly get outplayed. Um, they averaged five yards per play on offense to the Giants 6.7. Uh, pretty much across the board, the Giants seem to have better metrics with the exception of the two turnovers. And then, of course, Minnesota hits a 60-plus yard field goal to win the game. Like, you can't really draw up these Vikings wins. Like, uh, it, anyways, your record is your record. It's nice uh, that they have the the 11 wins, but uh, come playoff time, I I mean, maybe it is sustainable. Maybe they just keep pulling out these close games all year long and it's going to, you know, translate into playoff success. I, I have a, a hard time believing that. Yeah, I'm with you on that. When I saw, I, I think I posted something about this. Michael Strahan, I think they're 11 and 0 in one score games. Mm. If that's not, if that's the right number. Um, but he's yeah. like, every, every win of theirs has been a one score game. So he's like, well, you are, you got to expect that to continue. I'm like, no, you don't. It's roulette wheel that's black 11 times in a row. You bet in black again? I mean, like, you got to use your head a little bit. And I'm not saying the Vikings are a bad team, but they're an average team that's been on a very, very lucky, lucky run in terms of wins and losses. Say they go 50-50 in those games. What's their record turn to? Uh, So they basically go, let's say they go 5-6 and in those games. They're like a 5-9 and team. Yeah, and in reality, they're probably more like maybe 7-7 seven, seven or 8-7, yeah. something like that. I think that would yep. probably be a fair assessment. But anyway, that that is what it is. We could talk about that line for this week, too, when we get to it. For sure. Game. I'm going to be very interested in that game, as are a lot of people. Um, partly because I guess what we can just kind of flip over to, um, you know, things that kind of surprise us. But I had written the Packers off at one point in the season. Um I kind of put them in that grouping of the Bucks, right? Like the Bucks and Packers are dead. People don't realize that these teams are dead because they have Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, but these guys are way over the hill and they're just not going to get it done. Um, I don't believe the Packers are as much of a um, like true competitor as a lot of people think they are. Like the, 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 the narrative that's developing here, right, is like, Packers going to go on the run. They're going to get into the playoffs because the NFC is weak. And then they're just going to, you know, they're going to make a magical run to the Super Bowl. And I know people who bet them 180 to one to win the Super Bowl before yesterday's games. They still, to me, have way too many flaws. Uh, Defensively, I mean, they gave up 8.4 yards per play to the Dolphins yesterday. It was the four turnovers that did the Dolphins in, right? The Mostert fumble, the three two picks. But, um, it's funny to imagine like two months ago where, and it wasn't just me, but I will say I was one of the people in this boat of like, maybe it's time to see if Jordan Love is your franchise quarterback and sit Aaron Rodgers down. And now they're this close to the playoffs again. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they've gone from looking like a lower tier team to an average team 
And then you add recency bias onto it. And then here you have everybody back on the Aaron Rodgers bandwagon. He's still missing a few throws, making some poor decisions. So I'm not going to consider him Aaron Rodgers of even last year. However, Watson's developed very nicely and they have been building a chemistry. Um, and, and I think that's played out the last few weeks. If they play an explosive team in the playoffs, who are they going to beat? But the NFC, outside of the 49ers, Cowboys, and Eagles, everybody seems very beatable. So I could see a run. I just don't see it, you know. I think it would take a lot of magic to get to the NFC Championship if that's where people are looking. I agree. And honestly, again, maybe it doesn't matter, but Green Bay doesn't exactly have the best track record uh, in the playoffs either under Rodgers. They're known for a team that, as a team that goes out early. And I uh, Randy... Yep. Brings up a good point here about uh, Watson injured his hip yesterday. So we'll see if he's um, ready to go going forwards. Uh, a couple games that a couple results that I would say were fairly surprising to me. Uh, one was the manner in which the Panthers beat down the Lions mm. because Lions closed. Uh, there was a lot of late money on the Panthers. I think the Lions closed like one and a half point favorites in that game, but Listen, you can lose in the NFL any game, you know, any given week, but the Panthers ran for 320 yards. The Panthers offense, which we would all say is probably very limited in its big playability, had 8.8 yards per play. Very much seemed like the Detroit defense from earlier in the year, which was anemic, basically couldn't stop anything. And I, I mean, maybe like, you know, this is, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This is the NFL in a nutshell, right? Like Detroit starts one and six. They go on a run where they go six and one. Everyone's pronouncing Detroit as like, oh, Detroit's the fourth best team in the NFC. They're going to sneak into the playoffs. And then they just get hammered by Carolina, who is somehow, despite having fired their coach midseason, made a coaching change, quarterback change. They're still alive. And they have a huge game in the division next week against the Bucs as well. So I'd say this, I, I think a lot of people get wrapped up in like the number, this is the fourth best team, let's say in the NFC, right? And, and I think a lot of people were promoting that. However, they're the fourth best team, probably tied with six other teams in the NFC. So it's not like there's this huge gap. It's, it's clusters and, you know, uh, the running backs don't matter. So that's why I like that tier view because it's a very good visual way of showing that there's probably not much separation between a lot of these teams. And before the week, they were at about zero yards EPA for rushing defense, and they just got torched, absolutely torched. And what I don't understand is how do you get torched by an offense that is so predicated on being successful running the football and not beating you with their arm? So I – it, it was that was definitely this one of the surprises for me too. The guy says hello from the UK. Nice to finally be able to watch the show live this week. Yeah, listen, I mean it was very important for me and Clive to still do the show this week, regardless. I think we're 
a fan of like the momentum that the show's been building. So not the ideal time for, uh, for maybe a lot of the North Americans, but do appreciate those in Europe who are tuning in. Uh, poverty defense makes me makes me laugh. Uh, listen, I, I mean, I, I did pizza buffet on Saturday and I was talking about like the Lions have had some steady defensive improvements over the year. They've been consistently getting better, but that game uh, came out of, of nowhere and they really struggled. Um, another thing, Clive, that I've been consistently getting wrong is the 49ers recently. Um, maybe it's just time for me to stop betting their games rather than taking a shot on like, I think Brock Purdy is this. And the, the, the knock that I was giving him was that, okay, it's nice, but like the 49ers really haven't played a defense yet with Brock Purdy. Let's see how they do against the commander's defense, which has been pretty good this year. Well, 7.3 yards per play for San Fran. Um, not a huge like offensive output, but 371 total yards. They scored four touchdowns. Um, they only went one for five on their trips into the red zone. So it could have been actually worse. They only scored one touchdown on five red zone trips. Um, I mean, I'm really coming around on the 49ers, like probably slower than everyone else, but like, that's just an impressive football team right now. Like if they get that quarterback play, like I, and honestly, I saw some people who were touting Kyle Shanahan, coach of the year, before this week. And I was like, no. Like, what? Kyle Shanahan ain't winning coach of the year. In the span of one week, the Eagles lose. So, Sirian is still a big favorite. The Eagles lose. Mm-hmm. Dan Campbell, who's the second favorite, take him right off your board, I think, at this point. Um, Shanahan could win coach of the year. Like, it sounds absurd, but he could win it. Uh, I think he's the second favorite. I looked last night. and Yeah, yeah, he's moved up. On, I'm just looking at Caesars just for speed factor, plus 180. So, I mean, is minus 160. I mean, if you can manage to potentially become the second, I think there's an outside, outside chance they become the one seed. But if you could do that with your third quarterback, that's definitely a narrative that people will buy into. Did you watch that game? Almost all that game. What was the other game at that time? I, it I was, was Dallas Philly. Dallas Philly at the same time. So I had both. I don't know if you had both. Um, I did. Yes. Well, I was. I, I, I skipped out. I, I skipped out on some of the Dallas game as they were making me upset. So I had dinner and then watched the, the ending of it. Yeah, the Galaxy deck. Like, <laughs> man, it, I I get um, part of it. This is double whammy for me, right? So those who are watching on video. I do have the Cowboys logo behind me because I am a Dallas Cowboys fan, but I find it easier in the weeks where I'm rooting for Dallas, but like I bet the other team because it's like a, it is a genuine win-win scenario, right? Like the Cowboys are going to win. I'm going to lose money or I'm going to win money and the Cowboys are, are going to lose. But the weeks where you have both. So I'm on Dallas prior to Jalen hurts news as well. Um, very good numbers. You know, I, there's nothing I hate more than like beating a line by X amount and losing the play. It's just very frustrating for betters when that happens. But now I'm in the situation where I'm going to lose a bunch of money and I'm going to uh, lose my uh, Cowboys. Like my, my favorite team's going to lose on Christmas Eve, like around my entire family. And I'm just like, I, I, I can't watch this anymore. Like this is, you know, I need to live vicariously through the other people in the other room that are just like they're 
their updates and their reactions. But yeah, that was uh, that was a painful one. So for the 49ers, I, I watched a lot of Brock Purdy. They were one of the teams that I had in the teaser and the first half didn't look as good. He he's a downgrade from Jimmy Garoppolo. He is. Is it more than a point or a point and a half? I'm not sure if it's much more than that. The defense is so good. It's just so good. It's the pass rush in particular. Like you, you look on paper at their, at their corners, right? And I mean, Traverius Ward, uh, Diamador Lenoir, Ambry Thomas, Sam Womack, uh, like they don't have the best group of corners. It, theoretically, you should be able to throw on that team. But the pass, like the defensive line, they get Javon Kinlaw back this week as well, um, which is bolsters their interior. Eric Armstead is there. Uh, they have Nick Bosa, Samson Ibukam, Dre Greenlaw, Fred Ward. Like their front seven is so good that it almost doesn't matter. But if they do play a team that has like a potent passing attack that can get the ball out quickly, I wonder if that's going to be like their their kryptonite because the, the cornerback group is not the best. No. Um, and you're right. It, it is all predicated on pass rush for them. Yep. You finally are seeing uh, the regression back to the turnover worthy play from the quarterbacks in, in Washington. Like, I think there was a lot of luck earlier in the season when they made the transition yep. that turnovers weren't happening. And I, I don't understand if anybody's surprised he's the same player he was then. I don't know that I would have given the ball or I, I have no more faith in Carson Wentz than I did before. Put it that way. I think they're both incredibly close in terms of talent. But I think the rapport with the wide receivers is way better outside of Wentz. That's just my opinion. But that's either way. They're they're another one of those average football teams who yep. um, their defense is going to keep them in games for the most part. But that's it. Yep. Yeah, I would keep riding Heineke. You 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 know what Wentz is like. Wentz ain't winning anything, and and you're like exactly like you mentioned the receivers. McLaurin. Like McLaurin was a ghost when Wentz was there. Yes. Um, man, that receiver group is great. Man, Jahan Dotson looks really good as well. Um, we'd be remiss. I, I want to ask you this question as well, though. Um, so Bengals and Patriots, obviously, Bengals work up a big lead. Looks like they're going to run away with that game. Second half, Patriots come on strong and then ultimately fumble in the uh, inside the 10-yard line. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson puts it on the ground. They lose the game. They don't cover. Um, this is more of a, let's say, not looking. This is not a forward progress question. It's not going to help us determine anything for next week. But the amount of people I saw that said horrible beat on New England, bad beat, on New England. Do we define that as a bad beat? Like literally my point of view, they were not covering for the entirety of the game. After Cincinnati went up early, the entirety of the game, the Bengals are leading. You need to mount a large comeback to come within the number. There's probably things that are going to go wrong. I get it happened like inside the 10 yard line, but I don't know that I define the Patriots as a bad beat. No, because you were so incredibly fortunate to get back into that spot where it was even an option. 
if they were covering the whole game and that happened, something like that happens, that's a different story. But for what, no, I don't look, I don't look at that as a bad beat. I, I look at it as you were very fortunate to get a chance to get back into the game. So just as Randy said here, and this is kind of the argument I'm having with my family and friends, this would have been a bad beat for Cincy backers. Yes. See, this, this to me, if the Patriots now win the game or score there, I would say, oh, it's horrible beat for Cincinnati. Like your probability of covering th- minus three and a half, minus three at one point in that game is is probably upwards of like 95%. Um, yeah, that's, I, I, I don't, uh, with well, between the bad beats complaining, the people who are looking for refunds on uh, on player props when their player goes out early, uh, I don't I don't know what's going on in the betting world anymore, but it's uh, it's evolving into something that's not what I remember it being. Let's put it that way. No, it's it's getting kind of. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's still going to be a lot of misery in gambling Twitter. Like that's never going to go away. But the idea of this entitlement of, and I know we're an NFL show, uh, but last night it was Devin Booker going out with two minutes, and then I wake up this morning with a flood of single game parlay users. And I just posted something not too long ago. Are you giving the money back if you have the under? No? Then shut up. Honestly, knock it off. Do I get my money back if I'm a a Suns backer too? Like, where do you draw the line? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. But see, this is the problem now with the sports books, specific sports books setting the expectation. Because at first they thought, oh, this is a great idea. This Anthony Davis goes out. Let's refund everybody who had Anthony Davis overs. This is great. Great marketing tactic. We're going to get some PR. And then you do that once and you do it twice and you do it three times. And now all of a sudden there's this expectation that if a player gets hurt, these are two-way markets. You can bet the over. You can bet the under. You just happen to place the bet on the over that also comes with injury uncertainty for every single player. That's part of the bet when you're making it. So that's extremely frustrating. But now all these books have to deal with that because, you know, I wake up this morning. It's like, I'm never betting here again if they don't refund this thing. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, you refunded it three weeks ago, but you're not going to refund this one and whatever. And it's like, well, you know what? While I, while I don't sympathize with the better, I can understand it now, at least because there's an expectation that's been set by the books. Yeah, I get that there was a precedent set. Um, and uh, that was one of the the thoughts that went through my head the first time I saw something like that. But at the same time, it's you could be grateful for it, that you got it. But expecting it every time, and I don't know. Listen, I'm not a communications expert. Like, yeah. I don't know how I would market that and say, hey, don't expect this every time. But for God's sake, like, just be grateful if you get it. But like, I'm never betting at this book again. Like you're a child. Yeah. I mean, I, I listen. And you will. And they will bet again. They will bet again at that book. The next time they have a boost or the next time something, they will absolutely bet there again. They probably will. I, I do understand the frustration 
like again, this is just this is just something that's been created um, that that would have never been there, right? Like if you never had books doing this in the first place, people would just you probably would still get the occasional complainer of like, oh, what happens with an injury? Do I get my money back or whatever? But like, no, now there's this this dumb expectation that any player gets hurt and the, the overs are going to get refunded, and it's it's stupid, frankly. Like people, you can bet the under on a player prop. You're allowed to do that, by the way. You don't have to just strictly bet overs. And if you bet the under and someone gets hurt, guess what? I know you're probably not proud or, or happy with the injury, but you're going to get paid. So that's an option for people out there as well. Yeah, I get it a little bit more on like the boost and things like that that are promotional bet. Like I, I wouldn't ever ask for it. That's just not who I am. But I can at least see that a little bit more. But to your point, two-way market. He's been on the injury report. And, yep. you know, Randy puts up a good – makes a good point. Watson goes out 52 and a half yards. Like, why not that one? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, that's – does the timing of the game matter? Does, like, I, anyways, it's yeah. just – it's supremely frustrating um, when I do see that stuff. We do have a Monday night football game tonight, so we're doing this live on Monday. We'll break it down really quickly. I have some thoughts on the game overall – but for those who are in the YouTube stream right now, if you don't mind, please smash that like button. And if you're not subscribed to the channel, Forward Progress, please consider subscribing. Obviously, we want to grow our shows on the Hammer Betting Network as large as possible. We do appreciate all of your support on a weekly basis. But definitely those likes go a long way with the YouTube algorithm. So please, if you do enjoy the content, uh, consider liking it as well. Tonight's game. Chargers and Colts. Um, we've seen the market. Uh, I currently have my bet stamp app set to New Jersey, uh, so we can see uh, the sports books in your area, Clive. Um, four is kind of where we've settled at, and 45 and a half for the total. Um, we get the Nick full start tonight, which adds an element of uncertainty into it. But um, I have a general like l- line of thinking when it comes to the Chargers. And I'm ingrained, like it's ingrained in my head that they're going to just play close games for whatever reason. And man, does that Colts plus four like looks appetizing right now when you consider that people think it's just like a foregone conclusion that the Chargers are going to win out, get in the playoffs and so on and so forth. But needing the Chargers to win by margin, it's always something that I struggle with. Chargers are going to charge her. Like, isn't that the thing we see on Twitter all the time? Yeah. So, somehow the game manages to turn into a close game late, back to her cover, uh, whatever it happens to be. Uh, I don't have a strong opinion on this game at four. At four and a half, the, the Colts would have been enticing. Uh, I did not make a play. Uh, but this is just a no-trust spot for the Chargers to cover anything more than two and a half. So I have not bet the game yet. I'll be breaking this down later on tonight on the Hammer HQ, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Myself and Eric Eager, um, we will go through this from a props perspective in a little bit more detail. I just, you know, here's why I haven't bet it yet. I've kind of had to, to backtrack. My number in the game is less than four. So let me start with that there. Then it's just a matter of, for me... Uh, I'm not Kelly betting my NFL edges or anything like that. There's like a layer of subjective analysis. I think like prior to this year, Nick Foles to me, trash bag quarterback. Like, you know, he had his, his Super Bowl run and whatever, but we've seen the wheels completely fall off 
when he's been thrust into a starting role. But now I've had to weigh that against, is Nick Foles, as he stands right now, worse than Matt Ryan? And maybe it's recency bias, but Matt Ryan has looked so, so, so bad that I'm like, they're probably upgrading at quarterback. Uh, and then it wouldn't surprise me if I watch this game tonight. I'm like, oh, right. That's Nick Foles. Like, it's still a bad quarterback. You probably have like a tighter range of, of outcomes for Foles because uh, Matt Ryan has looked so, so bad. Foles, I think, could potentially look that bad with a turnover here or there, but he'll be a little bit more mobile. He won't be a complete statue. It's probably it's probably an upgrade only in the sense that I think the market's overvalued what Matt Ryan's means to the team just because stuck on priors, I think. Well, see, like that happened right away, right? Um, as soon as Matt Ryan, as soon as like the Nick Foles announcement happened, or maybe it was the rumor, but immediately there was Chargers money on that. And you still see that nowadays in the NFL, like um, the Russell Wilson to Brett Rippon, right? It's like Russell Wilson is absolutely terrible. Like he is beyond terrible. I, I know Brett Rippon sucks as well, but like there's, there's no tangible, in my opinion, at least, you, you you shouldn't the market shouldn't be moving based off Russell Wilson is out or Russell Wilson is in like you just have two deplorable options at quarterback pick your poison type of situation yeah. and I kind of felt the same way here it's like okay Nick Foles is the backup technically third stringer because they went to Ellinger before they went Foles but Ryan has been really really bad and he struggled like when ryan struggles it's with turnovers as well like his epa is just like bottoms out because he gives the ball away and he you know he can't feel pressure in the pocket anymore so uh, i don't know i i just i feel like that's where probably i'm i'm do i am getting my edge and that i don't think there's as much of a downgrade as the market thinks um but it should be noted as well on the other side of things this is the healthiest the chargers have been in a long long time like Derwin James is back now. They're basically like there's no one on the injury report anymore other than players who are on the IR. Like this is and you know they they do feel primed for a playoff push, um, especially if Bosa give returns from IR as well. Uh, this like this is the team that people thought was a Super Bowl contender going into the year. Like this is the team now. Yeah, and I, I was wrong on Matt Ryan. I thought he still had a little bit of zip left on the fastball, but he doesn't. Um, he does not. He's he's done. Can Nick Foles do much more? I I, I don't know. I, this is just a stay away game for me. Fair fair enough. We don't have to force plays on games. Just uh, people like to hear the the line of well, thought. Sure. Yeah, of course. Okay, uh, let's get into it. Uh, week. What are we on next week? Week 17 in the NFL? Yeah, we got to get some music for when we go to the week 17 or like the next week. We That's, you know, put yeah, on like a, a backing board. track, right? Like just yeah. like a backing bumper. Yeah. It's a good idea. I'll do that for next week. Something just that simmers in the background while we talk. So we're not just talking to each other for an hour with nothing. I like that. What kind of music do you listen to? Uh, lately, it's been less hip hop and more like 90s 2000 rock like if i was to go to a concert i'd want to see the killers i know that's incredibly uh <laughs> i don't know what the right word is say i don't think there's a good one that i can use but uh 
I saw something yesterday, like when Mr. Brightside comes on the air, it's like the the anthem for yep. 90s kids. I'm like, oh, Jesus, that's like our sweet Caroline. That's not good. It is uh, definitely among them for sure. Uh, I was born in the mid '80s. I listened. I, I listened to exclusively like alternative rock when I was younger, um, and like gr- lived through the grunge era. Um, now I'm like now I'm a metalhead, so we we will probably disagree on the bumpers for the music backgrounds. No, I got listen. I got a metal type of playlist for when I'm at the gym. You know, I'm huge. You could everyone could see it on TV. Like when they watch, like like look at me, the size. Woo! Um, but it gets me jacked up at the gym. So no, I I can go with some metal. For those who oh, are country, country uh, no, I'm no, I'm, I'm not in the country. Uh, I've, I've played guitar my whole life and that, that has like kind of tweaked the way that I listen to music. It's really weird to say that, but like when I listen to a song, I almost never focus on the vocals. Like immediately you're drawn. I think for musicians, you're immediately drawn to like the instrument that you play a lot of the time. Right. Uh, and that's what always that's why I like propelled towards metal and people are like, Oh, like, how do you like the screaming and this and that? And I'm like, well, I don't even really hear it to be honest with you. Like, but then eventually you do and you, you get into it, but country, like the, you know, the standard four chord songs, I'm not saying by the way, that there's no talented country musicians. That's not what I'm getting at, but like that just doesn't appeal to me. Like, as I listen to that, it's boring for me. I need something that's um, Yeah something that's going to get me going. And by the way, for those who are, uh, but we will get into week 17. I know people don't really care about my music opinions. If you're in the Christmas spirit still, and you celebrate Christmas, there's a metal band called August Burns Red that does Christmas covers, which are fantastic. Highly, highly, highly recommend. They do have two albums that are exclusively Christmas covers. Um, both are like made years ago. I think one was made like 10 years ago. But um, if you can't stand Christmas music like me, but want to listen to Christmas music to get into the holiday spirit, August burns red. Very solid stuff. It's a nice alternative. Yes, it is. Okay. Let's get into it. Uh, we'll start with Thursday night football. Uh, I'm going to pull up all odds courtesy of Betstamp per usual. And again, for those that don't know, you can download Betstamp on Android or iOS. You can check out the website, betstamp.app. It's a very nice uh, line comparison tool, as you can see right now. Pulls up all the sports books in your region, what they're displaying, and tells you which books have the best line on what. Uh, Cowboys and Titans. So this one's the Thursday nighter this week. We get another Malik Willis game, as it doesn't seem like Ryan Tannehill is going to play another game this season. Uh, Cowboys still dealing with some injuries in their secondary, but I think aside from that, got away from this week's game uh, relatively clean in terms of injuries. Um, Tennessee, I believe a couple of their linebackers left the game, Zach Cunningham, Bud Dupree. Uh, But we're sitting here, Clive, with half the market at minus 10, half the market at minus 9.5, and and a total of 42.5. I thought I saw this early in the week. I wanted to see what the look ahead. So, like, if you would have bet this last week or before Christmas even, you could have got five and a half or six and a half. Willis looked terrible. Like, yeah. Terrible. I'm not saying he won't be a dynamic quarterback in the future. It, the future is just not now. 
I have a hard time grading quarterbacks like that. I think the Cowboys would continue to take money, though, um, at this price. Like, I think it's going to go past 10, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I feel like it's a lot to ask, but at the same time, I think Tennessee is going to get torched. So uh, these games are tougher because you have the um, the uncertainty of, like, one of the quarterbacks in the game, right? Like, we don't know what, what uh, Malik Willis is. To the, you know, the eye test, he's horrible. They don't throw downfield. When he's tried to throw downfield, it's been like woefully inaccurate. They basically just turn and hand the ball to Henry over and over and over. They lost on home field to the Houston Texans this week. And I think that's why you see this number driven to where it is right now. I suspect, though, that there will be Tennessee money in this game. I'm I'm not saying it's right. I'm I'm just trying to think of a pure market perspective. And like Dallas got faded late against a backup quarterback in Gardner Minshew last week um, by the market. They still have the injuries in the secondary. Does it matter all that much in this game? Probably not. But typically when we see these big adjustments week to week, even from the look ahead, which I don't put a whole lot of stock into, but like a very large adjustment on one team week to week, typically the market buys that team is what I feel like. So I think we're more likely to see Tennessee money than Dallas money. I mean, I could say, I could see that too. Um, I, I see what Randy has in chat as Dallas 10 and a half fair with Willis. Like that's kind of where I have it at, but yeah. under the same token, I, I agree with you. It's a lot to ask. Um, Dallas jumps out to a big lead. Could you see backdoor covers and things like that too? I mean, there's a lot of range of outcomes that you can expect in this type of game, given the scenario. Uh, so what I wanted to point out was the last four weeks, the final scores in the Cowboys games, 74, 74, 50, 73. For the four, last four weeks, the Cowboys have played three games where the final scores have gone into the 70s, and the other one was 50. And the total in this game is 42 and a half. Now, I get it. It's the Titans, Titans offense. But I don't see – like, I cannot see under money in this game. I really cannot. Like, Dallas to me is the is – the, Dallas and Minnesota – I think are the biggest pure over teams in the NFL, but Dallas even more so because their offense is better. So how much do you think, yeah, Dallas's offense is probably going to be the lead factor here. So how much of this do you predicate on the other team scoring? Because Dak Prescott is doing just absolutely ridiculous things that are leading to points on the other end. So for sure, turnovers have played a part in that. And Dak against Houston turned it over a couple times in his own territory. Uh, pick six against the Eagles in quarter one. So scale that back for sure. But Dallas has been pretty consistently scoring on everyone this year. Um, the Titans defense, it's like they have injuries at corner, right? Like that's been the problem for them. Christian Fulton has been out for them. Uh, a couple players on IR. I don't know. Maybe this is just like a change because it's like an outdoor game. Um, but 
I, I, I cannot see under money. Even with Malik Willis, I cannot see under money. No, I don't, I don't think so. Um, I mean, what's the Cowboys team total going to be set at 30 or 31? Yeah. No, that's too high. Sorry. Uh, 28 probably 28. or 28 and a half, 20, I think above 28. I, I think Dallas going over is a, might be a popular play this week. Pinnacle does have 26 and a half over minus 114 right now. Which makes sense at the 10 point line. I mean, you know, yeah. extrapolating. So like right. 26, 16 type of final is what's uh, being implied there. 27, 16, something like that. Yeah. So I, I think you might see a lot of Dallas might like, this is a good matchup regardless given Tennessee's rough, um, rough against the run. Dallas is incredibly good against the run. It's just a matter of, you know, what you think the game script's going to look like. Uh, but I agree with you. I think if anything, this total probably goes up. Okay. Uh, we'll go over to Sunday now. Huge card, obviously no more buys. Uh, we'll start with Carolina and Tampa Bay. We'll work our way through the rotation number order. We do have a stale line on the board, but aside from that, um, basically the market is depending on the book anywhere from minus three to minus four. And the total is 40, um, 40, 40 and a half, a, a little bit of everything here and there. So, um, I did see this number open, which was pretty much Tampa minus four across the board. And since then, we've been starting to see some Carolina money. That to me is absolutely not surprising based off of the outcome of yesterday's game. And like, Matt, we're talking about Tampa Bay now. I believe one cover in the last 13 games. Mm -hmm. The market is consistently gets Tampa Bay wrong. I know it's a small sample. I get it. But like, it's not one of those where you're like, okay, the market, you know, you're seeing the market gets it wrong. Then the game plays out and it plays out and Tampa Bay gets unlucky. Like they, they consistently just do not perform to expect expectations. Um, I, I think it's going to be Carolina money and it's going to continue. I think it's more likely to go off of three to Carolina to Tampa Bay minus two and a half than it is to come back up. I, I was just going to say, like, if this ended at, you know, either minus two and a half, minus 120, or, you know, three, no juice, like, th that's where I see it. I don't, I think three and a half, I, I'd probably bet Carolina if three and a half gets back on the board. My, my numbers are very different than market, I will say, on this particularly. Uh, I do fear that, like, we will overrate Carolina or, or people will overrate Carolina based off the performance against Detroit. Like I, I want people to pause and take a step back and realize that it's still Sam Darnold there, still a very limited offense. I don't know where that performance came from last week, but the Bucks defense is actually really good. Like I, I don't expect the same offensive performance out of Carolina against the Bucks defense. Yeah. And I, I think at under 40 is, is where I would go. I don't think this goes up. I think this goes down into the 30s. Yeah, it was interesting with Tampa, Arizona this week because all the early money over the course of the week was towards the under, and there was some late buyback on the over that got it back up to 40 and a half. I didn't really understand that, and in hindsight, it was wrong. Like Again, I, I, I don't know if it's priors on Brady. I really don't know what's leading to the this misconception of what Tampa Bay is, but 
we have a very like large sample now of them not being good. The only time they can move the ball is like in the two minute drill, basically late in games, every single time. Like think about all their games where they've come back and they've scored late in the game. And people are like, Oh, this is the turning point for their offense. Like they had a sequence at midfield yesterday of second and inches and they ran the ball three times and they ended up punting because they couldn't pick up like an inch. It's a horrendous offense with a horrendous coaching staff that is just way, way too conservative in nature. I, I think that's you hit on the key point. It's their style on offense and their decision making, their play calling. It's not 1986. Like I, I don't know what, what they're doing. Their commitment to the first down runs and, and the commitment to Fournette. It's not a good look. Um, when you get in the late game situations, they open up the offense a little bit because they have to, and they do a little bit better. But their commitment, it, it only seems to be when they're down to that. Otherwise, it's like grind time off the clock and fail. Yep. Um, Randy asks, why doesn't Tampa Bay run the hurry up offense all the time? Because Brady also stinks. I'm going to just come out and say it for now, but they don't because it doesn't work. They try to do it in the first half every now and then. And they just, it's a bunch of, the reason it works late in the game is because the teams play defense a little bit differently against them and they give them a little bit more room, but um, yeah, Brady's washed. I mean, I like, Missed a wide open touchdown to Julio early in the game yesterday. That could have been like, you know, they could have been en route to an easy win. Uh, and it just didn't happen. That's uh, that's my opinion on that one. Carolina controls their own destiny to win this division. Uh, I would much rather, as a neutral, see the Panthers in the playoffs than the Bucks. Yeah, I'm looking at just a couple of stats. So third down EPA per play, Tampa Bay is 26th. Their red zone touchdown percentage, and I didn't know what it was off the top of my head, but they're in the lower third, too, under their 52, their 21. Everybody's kind of grouped between 15 and lower, but at 15, you have Jacksonville, which is a team going up. This is not, this is just not a good offense, and it's not coached well. So I can't imagine that this total goes up. And you're right, it closed last night at 42. Or 41 and a half, depending on where you were looking. I didn't understand that buyback either. Uh, I was I was confused, but listen, there are people who are m- way more successful than me who are betting game day NFL that I'll trust in the long run. They kind of have some idea of what they're doing. Um, didn't make sense to me, but um, I do technically, I do tend to respect the market. Um, free 88. Thank you. Be sure to smash that like button, everyone. I appreciate that. Uh, goes a long way for sure. Um, we did have a guy, his name was Adam Bass, who um, actually did send me a screenshot. He basically got the pizza buffet um, chat, said he would donate to diabetes research if he got up to 100, uh, got up to 100 likes. And uh, he did send me a screenshot with a donation. So um, that was very nice of him yesterday here on the Forward Progress channel. Thank you, Adam. Yeah, that was good stuff. Um, this one's an interesting game, I think. Um, Cleveland and Washington. Uh, market's pretty much painted two and a half Washington uh, at home. Uh, one book, DraftKings is off that at two. And total 40 and a half. So we have very, very consistent market for this game across the board um, at Washington minus two and a half and a total of 40 and a half. 
I don't think, Clive, we can take anything away from Cleveland's game this week um, mm-hmm. in the conditions that they played in. Uh, that was a decent-sized bet for me on New Orleans. Didn't really understand that one at all, Like especially when you, you add the elements into play. I don't think that that favored one team significantly over the other. Um, but I think it is important to touch on the fact that Deshaun Watson just hasn't been Deshaun Watson since returning here. And uh, I think that's another quarterback that, uh, for me, I had to move off of that prior really quickly. And it makes this game increasingly more difficult to evaluate. Yeah, uh, I think this stays at around two and two and a half. I don't think it gets to a three. I don't think. Um, I think these are just two incredibly average teams. Uh, Cleveland is pretty deficient uh, against the run. I don't know how much that's going to matter. Now I see Tampa Bay moving closer and closer to what we were just talking about, where it's almost like a, a no-juice three. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I think this line's pretty fair. Um, I could see a little bit of under money maybe, but I, I yeah. can't see much different here. So I'm in the same boat as you. So um, Papa – Cal's asks in the chat, who's QB for Washington? I don't think it matters personally. <laughs> like, like I, I don't, I don't think the market changes the the rating of Washington, whether it's Heineke or Wentz. Their numbers are very similar. EPA success rate. Um, you know, you might there might be individual betters who thinks it matters that one is an upgrade over the other or whatever. I think as a whole, um, this is my personal opinion. The market doesn't. I don't know. I agree with you in that this just feels like a good number. Like when I look at it, I'm probably more inclined to to say that the Browns get bet, but I don't know. Like I definitely don't think that – like I definitely think if this number were to go out to three, the Browns take money immediately, right? Needing Washington to win by four, I think I think the Browns take money at that point regardless. Is there that much of an interest at two and a half? I don't know. But I agree with you in terms of – Cleveland is an under team um, right now. And I think the market kind of sees that. And I wouldn't be surprised to see under money in this game. Yep. Agreed. Okay. Um, just trying to th- like this, this week's get Cleveland game just does not matter to the impact at all. I just basically delete it from my numbers overall. Don't want to, don't want to pollute the sample size with a game that has had like 30 mile an hour wins. Yeah, that was pretty absurd. Um, Okay, this one's been flexed to Sunday night football, but we go through in rotation number order. Uh, Ravens and Steelers. Ravens minus three and a half across the board. We don't have news on Lamar Jackson yet, but I think he's still expected to miss. Uh, And the total is 36 and a half right now. Very low total. Uh, which is not a surprise for a late December game. Uh, actually, this will be January 1st um, in Baltimore. Uh, Ravens and Steelers, three and a half. Early thoughts on this one, Clive? One, I feel sorry for the Circa survivor. Oh, man. Well, like, I, 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 I do feel... Yeah. You, 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 so we can explain that a little bit more, but uh, Circa survivor... Um, could have been one on Christmas Eve. 
if the Steelers had lost outright to the Raiders, Mad Dog would have taken home roughly six point two million U.S. dollars. Instead, the Steelers make the comeback, and then they're forced to make a pick on Christmas Day because that's part of the circuit contest rules as well. And Mad Dog takes the Dolphins, who he has available to him, and loses. And there's now two people remaining, both who took the Bucks um, yesterday. So quite a swing for that guy or girl. Hopefully they're okay. Yeah, seriously. Um, yeah, that's that. I mean, hopefully they hedged in some capacity on, uh, I, like you could have. Um, now, not to the extent of like two or three million dollars, but probably could have that got down a hefty bet on uh, on the Steelers money line on Saturday night. So hopefully that was the case. But I'm I'm sure we'll hear about this more in years to come. Yeah, that was whew, brutal. Brutal, brutal, brutal. Sorry, didn't mean to digress from that, but I, I thought you know maybe our listeners would want to hear something about that. No, that, that I was following that in real time because I, I saw Jeff Benson tweet out that uh, the the contest could be decided tonight. Yeah, and um, you know all the everything was working out in his favor, except the Raiders are dog shit, unfortunately, and that did not work out in his favor. In order to hold on, the Raiders had two hundred yards of total offense on that Saturday night game. They were. And 80 of the yards came on the opening drive, basically. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, this feels like a really low total, but at the same time, I, I think it's probably accurate, which it's not a fun football game to watch. I, I mean, unless you're a fan of this rivalry or something along those lines. Um, do we think Lamar Jackson's going to play? And, and, by the way, I am not – I think you mentioned something along the lines of the the difference between Huntley and, and Lamar Jackson in the market. There should be more of a difference than there is. Yeah. That all being said, maybe this gets down to three. So this, this is like an easy one, right? Because it's the exact same situation where I think that this number is like a hybrid Lamar Huntley number. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Where it's the the number just moves based off of the the quarterback announcement. Like, um, yes. There's there without a doubt. Like, I am betting the Steelers three and a half if it's Huntley. There's like no. It's not even. I'm not even thinking about it because the Ravens' offense is so limited with Huntley, um, and it becomes like Steelers and under. Period. Huntley announcement. Steelers and under. Lamar J- Jackson announcement, probably Ravens and over, but I will say my numbers are heavily skewed to, skewed towards the Steelers, personally. Like, I bet Pittsburgh almost every week in the NFL. So, no, I, I like them as well. Um, yeah. So, I, I agree with that. Well, what do you think of the total? Like, Well, like, if it's Huntley, this total should be, like, 34, 35. Um, the, you know, all the Ravens are basically doing now is running the ball. Because right. they, they they have Mark Andrews and they have no receivers, right? Um, so we're seeing this pretty consistently with Huntley now. Where I mean, look at the games where Huntley start. We're, we're going on. He started in Week 13. Um, since then, the Ravens games have featured 19 points, 30 points, 16 points, 26 points. Not one game under Huntley has exceeded 30 points yet. There you have it. I mean, this week in particular, just breaking down um, 
Baltimore, and Atlanta. 299 yards for the Ravens of total offense. Probably their best offensive performance. I'm not exaggerating with Huntley recently, um, but that was against the Falcons defense. Um, and honestly, maybe a little bit of a misleading final score because both teams had four trips into the red zone and there was only one touchdown scored in the red zone. So maybe account for that as well. But the Steelers, like they're, they're, they're six and two now with TJ Watt, by the way, playing this year. Mm-hmm. They're like very competitive team. They're yeah. seven, eight. They're one game back of the playoffs right now. Like it's, defense is who's who's still missing. They're mostly full strength, aren't they? Yeah, they Terrell Edmonds was out this week at safety, didn't play, but he he was like questionable, so he might be back in the lineup next week. Aside from that, like it's the healthy Steelers, right? Um, and this is what we talked about early in the season too. Like it's going to be very difficult to grade this team. And TJ Watt means that much to the defense. Plus Fitzpatrick was banged up as well. Like I think you're seeing what this team could have been for a full season, at least defensively. Yep. Um, I don't know what Pickett's going to evolve into, but if their defense can stay intact and they can put together a little bit more on offense, they could be a dangerous team, you know, in the next year or so. Yep. Um, This is – I agree with you. If Huntley plays three and a half, the plays Pittsburgh. Yes. And so Randy says Huntley's a six and a half point drop off from Lamar, in my opinion, but I don't think the market sees it that way. So I think I, I, I agree with Randy, maybe not necessarily on the six and a half, but the, the, my adjustment from Lamar to Huntley is way bigger than the market adjustment. Personally. And part of that is that Lamar can get away with no receivers because he does enough and he creates enough, but you know, Papa asked another good question, like better to bet the under now. And if it's Lamar bet the over, I don't have many scenarios in which I want to bet the over here, regardless, because like, I would rather, okay, Lamar Jackson gets announced in the market bets over and creates a more favorable number on under for me. You know what I'm saying? Like I would much rather have the under in any scenario in this game than the over. Yeah, the only thing that I'd be happy about, I guess, if Lamar came in, I, what do you think it goes to? 38, 38 and a half is probably an overreaction and then comes back down from that would be my guess of what the market would do. I'm, I'm about in that range, yeah. Yeah. GS says, geez, that total so low, not sure it takes more under money. No room for error. That is true. Um, That's fair. I just don't. I don't see anybody being interested enough to make this number go past thirty six and a half, where you see it at some books. Right. Agreed. Okay. Um, we move on. Saints and Eagles. Uh, six and a half. Philly at home. Bet Rivers, the Camby books are seven. Uh, over under 43 and a half, pretty consistently here. Uh, expectation as of now is that Jalen Hurts will probably rest again this week. Um, so this looks like it's another Gardner Minshew number. Minshew played fine, by the way, uh, against the Cowboys. There's no issues. He's one of the best backups in the league overall. Um, kind of 
ruined actually any arguments that people might have about Jalen Hurts MVP as well in that game. Um, just because backup coming in and putting up a performance like that, that's uh, that will resonate with people as well. But six and a half and the total in this game, 43 and a half, as I mentioned, um, don't know where this one's going to go. New Orleans is also still very live for the playoffs, by the way. They're one game back in the division. Um, unbelievably so. I think the total is a little bit low from first glance. But we do have a Philadelphia game, outdoor game, bad weather in all likelihood, January 1st, that I'm not so sure. Yeah. Um, so what's the Saints implied total? 17, 16 and a half? Um, yeah. Right. Is it? What, one second. 17. Saints implied total would be um, 17 and a half. I don't think they get there um, against this defense personally. Um, unless, you know, they work up some more Taysom, Taysom Hill gadget type plays. I, I I see this getting bet down from my perspective. Yep. That's very possible. So here's one thing I'll say. Like it's it's very noticeable to me, at least. Uh late in the year, especially if you got an outdoor game, under usually takes money. If you got a game in good conditions or you got like a Miami game where conditions aren't a factor the over usually takes money. Like I think a lot of the movement is predicated by the location of the game at this point in the year. Yeah. Uh, that That's, that's 100% true. Um, because I haven't updated any of my market numbers. I'm trying to think of where, if I would want to bet this up like 44 or 43 and a half, I can't, I can't see it. Um, I could see this, the spread going towards six as opposed to going seven. I think that's more likely, but that's maybe me being higher on the saints than I should be. It really, to me, it doesn't have a lot to do with if hurts plays or not. That's not why I'm thinking it should go that way. I think as is, I think six is probably a better number, but that's me. But I think the same, same exact handicap applies for like yes. this. This almost feels to me personally, like an in-between number as well is what I'll call it. Where, if you get the announcement that Hertz is out, the Saints draw money immediately. And if you get the announcement that Hertz is in, then the Eagles draw money immediately. Like it's it's kind of at that in-between number for me, where I probably would make it closer to like four and a half or five with Minshew and above seven with Hertz. Yeah, I think this is closer to a Hertz number than I think it is a Minshew number. Um, and I think Hertz said he wants to play, which I appreciate and respect, but I don't I think they'll shut him down if it's even close. Well, the, the challenge is, so here's where you get into this situation for Philly. Philly is like, they haven't wrapped up the division yet. They got to win one more game. And they have Giants week 18. Is that right? Uh, is it Giants or com Commanders? Um, it is Giants. You're right. They're home to the Giants. They got to win one of those two games. Yes. Um, or have Dallas lose a game. Um, Dallas is probably not losing at Tennessee this week, but you never know um, what could happen. So it's not wrapped up for them, but like they're now getting, they're now getting hurt 
as a team. Lane Johnson left the game, their right tackle, one of the best yes. right tackles in the league. Um, Jordan Davis, who they got back a few weeks ago on the defensive line, who helps stuff the run, left the game as well. Um, Avante Maddox, who they activated off IR a couple weeks ago, left the game. It's a team that like, I thought wanted to just get into the playoffs healthy, but now this Cowboys loss kind of changes things for them and the fact that they got injuries on top of them. I wouldn't be surprised if Hurts comes back for this game a little bit early, even if it's a risk of injury, because they do have to win one more game to get that by. That's true. That's, yeah, all right, that's fair. That's fair. I don't know what else I could say on this other than that. We got to wait for the quarterback announcement. Yeah. Uh, um, okay. Arizona, Atlanta. Um, market pretty much painted minus three and a half. Atlanta at home. Um, total is split. Market split between 40 and 39 and a half. Uh, Falcons and Cardinals. Uh, again, Cardinals quarterback situation up in the air. It was Trace McSorley yesterday. It could be Colt McCoy uh, clear from a concussion. That would be an upgrade for Arizona, in my opinion, uh, over McSorley. Uh, this is a rough one to break down because uh, on the other side of things, uh, Desmond Ritter has looked uh, far from an NFL caliber quarterback uh, in recent weeks as well. That's true, too. This is just a gross game to kind of handicap it all. This is one that I probably don't have a ton of ton of interest in. But this has early moved off of three a lot of places. So this was anywhere at some of these other books. I don't know if you saw it earlier or not, but they were at – and I guess Superbook just moved. Um, so it was at three. Some of it had Falcons three, even money. Uh, it's moved to four, and it's bounced back down. I don't know enough about what these quarterback situations to say confidently which way I think this line will move. I'm just being completely honest. I don't see I don't see much of an appetite for this game, uh, but it is a good point. Ritter's been playing a, away from home, so this is his first home game. Um, maybe I, I tend to think that some of these young quarterbacks tend to look worse when they are in the road environments early on. Um, but like, is there going to be an appetite for this game? Like, is someone is is someone betting a lot of money going to have like a very confident belief in one of these sides over the other? I don't know. I'm I'm my, I'm inclined to say Atlanta takes money if anything, as we've seen it already move off of three to three and a half. McSorley looks bad, um, but like, there's nothing that there's no way that the market can move here that would wouldn't be a surprise to me. Yeah, I just don't have a, a strong feeling either way. And it's not like the Cardinals defense is so susceptible to either the run or the pass where this is something where I think Atlanta is really going to be able to exploit with a running game. So um, to me, mentally, I just leave this one where it is. And that's it. Yep. Agreed. Let's uh, let's move on. Uh, Lions hosting the Bears uh, Sunday afternoon, 1 o'clock Eastern um uh, market mostly five and a half we do see some sports books at six uh pinnacles minus six plus 100 total is relatively high in the 50s um 51 and a half at most books we do see pinnacle out to 52 and a half already on this game 
which I don't necessarily think is a surprise based off of, uh, of what people think of Detroit in market. But um, we'll start with uh, we'll start with the side in this one. I wish I could put the picture that I have right now on RVSDM of the the two defenses in that quadrant thing. Yes. It's the Bears and the Lions. I guess I got to do it reverse. They're over yep. here. <laughs> they're, they're, on, they're on their own separate area. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The only question mark that I think about in this game is the Bears do now have a shot at the number one overall pick, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, they do. If there's any kind of Justin Fields hit or something like that, they have nothing to play for. Like, I would not be shocked if he gets pulled, and that's one of the things that kind of scares me in this situation, betting it over this high. I don't um, think Peterman gets you to 52 and a half. The familiarity, I mean, uh, tends to lead to, like, slight downgrade to offenses so divisional game detroit chicago with that it's the fast track you know with that said there's still the fast track you're playing on in detroit um the bears defensive numbers are very bad they did trade away roquan smith and robert quinn they did have some injuries in the secondary though to kyler gordon and jaquan brisker and those players are back and playing does it help them a whole lot i mean Maybe, maybe not. Like Jalen Johnson's on IR, Eddie Jackson's on Eddie IR, Jackson. you know. So um, from a side perspective, though, like we're getting to the point in the year now where we got that, like I'll, I'll go quote unquote, need to win factor, right? And those teams tend to be inflated and there tends to be like late market support on the other side. So in this situation, right, the talk this week is going to be like, this game is meaningless to Chicago. Maybe they'll just want to lose the game because they want to get the first overall pick. Detroit needs to win type of situation. And the, you know, the masses will gravitate and flock to the Lions as the, as the right side. And then you kind of get some late support on the other team in the Bears. And I think this might be one of those situations. Yeah, uh, I, I do think six is too much. And I think as we're actually speaking, it's getting bet off of six or getting even bet down further at some of these spots. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it feels dirty as hell to kind of bet an under in a Bears-Lions game inside, uh, but that's where my money is, is technically leading right now. I probably won't get to like 52 and a half as a total on my number either. Yeah. And... Um... I think there was an early release this week that pushed this up. Um, I'm not saying that it's right or wrong, but I do think that there might be some late market support for the under here as well. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, okay. If this somehow gets to six and a half. Great, great teaser leg. Yeah. I mean, money line parlay too. Like, yeah, th- there's a lot of ways you can play it. Um, We'll have to see Justin Fields' status as well for the game. There's there's just a lot going on here, a lot to process early in the week. Um, okay. Patriots hosting the Dolphins. This one is a very uh, impactful game in terms of uh, playoff implications with Miami up one game on New England. Uh, Miami opens as a small favorite on the road, pretty much minus one in most spots. Um, and we do have some pickums on the board, roughly in that range, though. 
total is 43 and a half almost exclusively across the board i'm looking for weather anyway um my initial instinct is has the market downgraded the dolphins too too much um okay so you're viewing it from that perspective i'm going to view it from another perspective which is the market tends to support the patriots I'm thinking about that too, but okay. We can start at that angle. I was going to say both, but go ahead. Like, like, okay, Patriots took off like a fuck ton of money, right? Against the Bengals this week. Just exclusive one-way money. Like, that was closer to moving to two and a half at post than it was three and a half. And I think there's something about the Patriots where like, I don't want to say how people model games or like everybody has their own process um, on, on how things work. Um, But this game Thursday night football, a couple weeks ago where the bills go to new England and the Patriots just get like one way action. Um, There's been a few times this year where that has happened. And from a personnel perspective, I think the Patriots are way better than their actual outputs are. And like, I have this question about coaching now with the team and it's like, are they going to be a team that just consistently underperforms because their offensive coordinator is fucking clueless. And I think, yeah. So that's kind of what I'm thinking with new England. Um, Defensively, they can, you know, play relatively well still. Um, They scheme. Okay. They haven't met. I guess they met the first week of the season this year, and like a low-scoring game. But I can't go back and look at what that spread is. I mean, I can, but I don't. I wouldn't put a lot of stock into it. Right. Um, the weather looks like mid fifties and high chance of rain. Eh, maybe this. Maybe this number's not bad. Maybe this is probably what it should be. Um, like uh, here, here's what I'm gonna like. Here's what I would say to this game. I think there's a decent chance that the this flips to New England favorite. So, yeah, I do too, as I'm looking at it. But do I personally think that New England should flip to being favorite? No, I don't. Like yeah. I would be very interested if if you could give me Miami at an underdog price, I'll probably be very interested. Now that's without having run my number yet on the game. Who knows where I'm at? I have to put Miami's you know, game this week into the database and whatever. And, and like, they're going to get downgraded for that as well. But I think there's a decent chance the Patriots get support again. I agree. And I don't, I mean, Tua did not look good. I I get that. Yeah. Um, Tua is the quarterback, though, that's killed Belichick career-wise, right? Like, uh, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure Tua was the guy that, like, because you know that when, when um, whenever you get the rookie quarterback facing Belichick, yeah, it's always, the like, narrative. the fade yeah. spot. And I remember that Tua, I think, won both of his starts as a rookie against Belichick. And I think that that I, – I could be wrong. Week one, 70% completion percentage, 270, one touchdown, no picks, three sacks. So that was pretty, pretty darn good. Um, 
And then career against New England. But you're right. That is the typical narrative. The typical narrative is that if you are a young quarterback against a Bill Belichick defense, it's that you are going to perform below your typical, you know, expectations. He's 4-0 against New England, roughly 69% completion percentage, three picks, two touchdowns. So overall, yeah, pretty, pretty solid. Any if this goes to one and a half New England, I think I'd probably look at the Dolphins' money line and then maybe – nah, that's probably where I would leave it. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on the total? Um, I, I – going down. You, you see it going down? I, I, again, this is just quick look, quick thinking, but yeah, but not much. Um, I think this hangs around 43-44. Yeah. I, I'm, all, I'm always interested in your take on these ones in particular because I think you have Miami, who I would classify as quote-unquote over team, and the Patriots as an under team. And I'm always curious when these play. Like, I, 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 tr- I traditionally have a very difficult time in setting, um, setting the market when you get those teams that are you know, very contrasting styles. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one. And is you know, Belichick going to try and beat and this isn't necessarily market related. This is more of game flow. Uh, is he going to try and keep the ball on the ground out of Tua's hands, like out of the explosive receiver's hands, things like that? Like, I just wonder how the pace of the game is going to play. Yeah. Um, we'll move to the next game here. Just pointing out that Atlanta is taking more money in market right now, up to four at a lot of the market making sports books. Um, all right. Uh, don't have to spend a ton of time here. You got Kansas City, who finally covered a big spread this week for me. However, made me, you know, really sweat to, to cover that big spread. The offense did not perform well against the Seattle defense. I uh, haven't watched the game back yet. Don't know if it was like vanilla play calling or whatever, uh, but the defense really held up well. Uh, Denver, what more can be said? They just got absolutely shellacked by the LA Rams made Baker Mayfield look like the second coming of Joe Montana, basically, in that game. Uh, we have the market between 13 and 13 and a half here, and the total at 43 and a half. I will say from some of the plays that I saw in the Chiefs-Seattle game, Geno Smith was not necessarily making great decisions. Um, I don't think he played particularly well. So... I want to say them covering that number might have been a little bit more of a function of that than anything that they did particularly well. That said, Denver's trash, like 100% absolute, just pure garbage. I wouldn't hate laying 13 and a half against Denver. Um, I really don't. So I came very close to laying nine with KC at Denver a few weeks ago which ended up being a very close game that probably one of Denver's best offensive outputs of the entire year. Um, Did Denver lose somebody on the defensive line this week? Denver. I'll, I'll pull it up. They got Randy Gregory back for yeah. this week's game. He sucked. Um, it was particularly noticeably bad, but just from an injury point. Uh, nope. They look pretty healthy. All right. I, I don't know why I was thinking that they lost somebody. Um, anyway, their offense is terrible. Um, I, I guess they probably still play um, 
Russell Wilson again? Uh, I guess. Uh, yeah. What's I, the difference? I, yeah. I, I, I mean, they're paying him like a bajillion dollars. They might as well play him. I, I don't know. I think this is a fair number. I don't know that this goes past 14. Um, like as sad as it sounds, and this is like incredibly bad for me to say, but it's the honest to God truth. They probably are playing Wilson and hoping he gets hurt. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Like they're, they are honestly probably playing him and hope that he, he has like some sort of injury where they can get out of that. No one would ever admit that within the Denver front office, but like, that's what they're, that's the best case scenario for them. That would not be the most shocking thing I've ever heard. So fair enough. Um, Man, I, I, I'm not accustomed to seeing Denver totals in the, you know, 43 and a half range. Yeah, do you remember what it closed at the first time that they played? Because I remember being off on it, but I just don't remember how off that I was. Yeah, I think it actually was very similar to this because I bet under and it and it like steamrolled over. But I think it was almost in the exact same range. I think it was 43 and a half. And was it oh, 44, 44 and a half? And it was 34-28 that that game ended. I don't remember the game flow all that well. Anyway, um, I have a harder time with this total than I do with the total that we just talked about with like two contrasting styles. Yep. Um, Because I didn't think that that total would move up as far as it did. Yeah, I think this probably just sticks around at 44 and, and maybe gets bet down to 43 and a half, maybe. Yeah. Just, I, it, I'm, tempted, definitely, I'm tempted to take the under again, but I was wrong the first game. So, Same. Same. Um, Going to skip over Indy and the Giants because of obviously we have the uh, Monday night football game tonight. This one's also going to be interesting because we have the Jets who are pretty much small dogs across the board at Seattle with a total of 43. I've tried this morning to get info or an update on like who's going to quarterback the Jets this week, and I literally have no idea. Don't know at all. Give and me by, Give it by to the way. Sorry to cut you off, Clive. By the way, the Dolphins are taking money right now. They are. In market, yeah. Across the board, lit up. Not a ton, but they are moving. They're listening to our show, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> that ain't it. Um, well, this is where I think the number probably belongs. I just, to your point, I agreed with you on the market sentiment of New England that I could see this flipping to New England's slight favorite um, without doing any hard numbers or research this is about where i would probably price the game right um i think what randy says in the chat here in regards to this game is pretty much what everyone's gonna believe uh sorry wrong one jets are a bet with mike white but don't touch them with anyone else um that's probably gonna be the sentiment however i will say that you have to remember the market two weeks in a row has supported zach wilson heavily Against the Lions, he caught major steam. Mm -hmm. And against the Jags, major steam. So I think in the eyes of the sharper bettors out there, 
the Jets are a team to buy on regardless of the quarterback is what the market seems like. And because of that, I think it's likely that they're going to close favorites in this game, no matter who's under center. Yeah. Um, I think at some point the market's got to admit that these two quarterbacks are not interchangeable because um, that's how the market's kind of treating them. Yep. Like, is there any chance that Chris Strebler starts this game? So that's what I was saying. Like, give it to me. Give me Strebler. I, I, if Mike White can't go. Um, yes. Like, I, I would rather Strebler than Wilson. I firmly believe that. And I think versus Seattle's defense, Strebler could probably be a pretty good option. God, I love Strebler, man. Canadian that's, Football that's League legend. God. Yeah. Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Grey Cup champion, Chris Trevler. Uh Yeah, he's the guy that he comes in during the NFL preseason and you just go immediately live bet them right away. Um, Seattle's a dead team, in my opinion. Like, they're toast. They're, everything that they've done well at the early part of the season has just completely fallen off a cliff. Yeah, I mean, I, and I don't know if it's, that Geno Smith was just playing well above expectation and towards the top of his range. It's probably more of a combination of that and teams just adjusting. They teams in the beginning of the year were just giving Geno Smith a lot. They were just giving him a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much that's truly changed, but I think it was Ben Baldwin who kind of did a, a trend line of, yep you know, his performance and it's, it's just getting worse and worse. So I think you're getting to the point where Geno Smith is who we thought he was. Well, should be pointed out that this is a Geno Smith revenge game. Oh, that's right. I forgot. So you have to account for at least three points for Seattle as well. Yeah. Um, and this is probably, if that's the case, this is definitely a trap line. Uh, um, they're just getting you to bet the jets as a dog knowing that Gino wants it's not only a Geno Smith revenge game. It's also an audition game because who knows he's UFA. He might be back with the jets next season. That's true. <laughs> Imagine the jets bringing in Sam Darnold and Geno Smith in UFA. <laughs> that would feel like not real life that, that then we're in a simulation for sure. <laughs> then, then definitely it's all, uh, it's all made up. Um, my immediate reaction was that I thought the total of 43 was a little bit high. I didn't have an immediate reaction on the total. Um, like it, it felt to me like uh, another Jets, I guess maybe I'm just conditioned. Like if it's a Zach Wilson game, I think it's high. Let's put it that way. For sure. A hundred percent for sure. Um, and this was at, as of yesterday uh, at noon, it was 44. So it's already come down a bit off of a, relatively key number so 43 and a half at circa pinnacles at 44 and a half pretty much yep. um hmm. oh no i'm sorry that's the wrong no pinnacles at uh 43. That was that was yeah. a um they're 43 yeah i, I think that's i th i'm inclined to say that this goes lower um okay raiders hosting the 49ers uh spread is six san fran minus six everywhere uh i would I'll, I'll give my thoughts on that in a second total is um 44 or 44 and a half depending on the book um 
this looks like a very big week-to-week adjustment to me. Like, I think if San Fran and Las Vegas played last week, I don't think you're getting seeing anywhere close to six. What do you um, think, three and a half? Yeah, yeah. Like, literally three and a half, maybe four at the yeah. tops. So, has now the market lost all interest in the Raiders? Um, or are they going to buy them at this number? Like, I, I don't see a lot of scenarios where San Fran is going to go a lot higher than this, personally. Like, I, I don't see that. But maybe maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but well, this is quite an adjustment in one week. I think six is too much on the road uh, to Vegas, who's not that much different of a team than the Commanders. Yeah. I yeah. This is too. I think this is too much. Uh, listen, I know how good the 49ers defense is. I I love them. I think they're great, but this just seems a little bit excessive. GS says absurd coaching mismatch here, which is absolutely true. You could say that with just about anybody versus McDaniel's, but a uh, point well taken. Yeah. Uh, what's the Raider? I mean, the Raiders just are not a good football team. They're very average. Um, were they officially eliminated with the loss to the Steelers? I think they were. So that could play into it as well, where you're going to get the buildup of like the season is, is over for them. Do they care? Whatever. Um, they, you know what? Like officially eliminated yet. So they're six and nine. They could still somehow manage to get in as that last wild card. So they lost Chandler Jones and they lost Denzel Perriman as well. Um, which I should point out in that game, Chandler Jones, or was it then it was Chandler Jones got carted off. He got carted off. Then Denzel Perryman gets injured and they couldn't actually fire up the cart. They couldn't get the cart started. So they had to make him walk to the locker room. Now he had a hand injury or a shoulder injury. I think, I think he made a broke a collarbone or something, but it was, <laughs> I mean, it was just like the weirdest thing ever. They put him on the cart. They could not get the cart going and they made him walk to the locker room. What do you think of the total? Because I think instinctively, and maybe this is me galaxy braining things. I actually, even though the 49ers offense is what it is, I actually think this is kind of low. So here's what I was going to about to say. Completely agree with you. Um, I think that especially because you have two big injuries in the front seven of the Raiders defense, I think the, the over is going to take money in this game. Yeah, I do too. And I, I think this is the type of defense that Brock Purdy is not going to be incredibly affected by negatively if he is not as effective as we think he is. Agreed. Agreed. I think the the look here, like like there's probably a little bit of value in the Raiders, but I don't know that there's going to be market support on them. Um, but definitely I think the over is is a look here for with the, with the Raiders defensive injuries. And honestly, the Raiders forget about last week's game in Pittsburgh. Uh, I don't know if people were watching, but like the field goal kicks, it was like a windy game. They couldn't really throw downfield a whole lot. Uh, I still think the Raiders are like a, I don't want to say a dead over team, but like there's not too many games that they're going to play that are going to finish in like the thirties. Let's put it that way. Their, their offense is, is better with everyone in the lineup. Good weather conditions in the sense that indoors in this game, um, I think that's a little too low. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think six is too much, but 
Um, arguably the game of the week, I guess. Packers and Vikings. Um, Packers pretty much a juiced minus three across the board. So minus three, minus 115 to minus three, minus 120. The total sits at a key number of 47. Um, there's a lot to break down here. Again, we're going to have like the commentary about how is the team with, you know, 11 wins or whatever uh, getting this many points against the team with seven wins. Uh, I don't think we need to have that conversation one more time. I think it's pretty clear why that's the case. It's now whether or not you think that what, <coughs> excuse me, Green Bay's overvalued or Minnesota's undervalued, I would say. I think this is, I think three is the right number. Um, checking weather, just because I'm kind of curious about the total. Because, would, go ahead. So, I actually have no idea how the market um, is going to move on this game as well, because Green Bay is getting adjusted now, right? Um, Not terrible weather. Um, looks like 35, 36, not hard winds, but some rain, not terrible, but not very windy. So I just quickly pulled up in predictable to look at the market power ratings and green Bay is currently rated eighth by the market ahead of Baltimore, ahead of the chargers, ahead of Minnesota, obviously who they're favored against in this game. Um, like, has there been too much? Like, you, we now need Green Bay by to win by four to cover this spread. I don't think that's an appealing bet, honestly. I don't. Not with not with their offensive firepower, which isn't a whole lot. No, especially if Watson's out. Like, that's yeah. a key. Like, that's been the whole dynamic of their their turnaround. Mercedes Lewis was not the answer. Like, he is not the reason they have, you know, turned around their offense. So uh, I'm definitely waiting on that. If he's out, uh, I think the Vikings at three is appealing, especially, I mean, like, I'm just looking bet online, Caesars, a lot of it's minus three, minus 115. So I, I think that's an overreaction. So I just wonder, I just wonder which way the market's going to go on this game because I think it's going to be two way. Like, I think it's going to keep, I think it'll be bounce back and forth. I think you're going to get interest on both sides. Minnesota took money last week. Minnesota got bet up against the Giants. Um, So it's not like the market's just like, oh, completely soured on Minnesota. They fade them all the time. It's matchup dependent. But I would be – I'd be surprised if this closes above three. Same. What, What was the total in the game here? It was 47. I like a bigger number than that personally. Like I, but division game, late December, the weather doesn't look bad as it is now. Did this move at all yet? So Circus got forty-seven and a half, and I, I would think that that's probably a better number. They opened yesterday, last night at forty-five and a half, and jumped. Mm-hmm. That doesn't surprise me. That's no, a low, low forty-six. So I think somewhere between 47 and 47 and a half is the right number. Um, I don't think this goes under 46 to, or to 46 and a half without some sort of significant news. Mm-hmm. 
but I think this is pretty close to price, right? Where you'll, you'll find interest on both the over and the under. Yeah, I agree. 47 seems about right to me. Um, the final game that we'll talk about for Sunday is the Jags going out on the road to battle the Houston Texans. Jacksonville laying four. The total is mostly 43 and a half, uh, some 44s on the board right now. Um, this is an interesting market. Houston's been lively lately. Uh, they beat the Titans. They lost a, in quotations, close game um, to the Chiefs. They almost beat the Cowboys. Um, this gets the... Uh... <laughs> so, I think no matter what happens here, I don't. I, I'm pretty sure this game. Anyone in the chat who who knows for sure, I believe this game does not matter, because I think no matter what, the Jags Titans game in Week 18, their head to head is what's going to be the difference maker for who wins the division. I'm pretty certain. I had something up. Let me see if I can find it. Where did it go? Damn it. Because I had a, I had the playoff scenarios up because I figured we would talk about this. Um, does anybody in the chat know? Cause... Yeah, so Jags-Titans Week 18 decides the division. So it's not a crucial game for the Jags. Uh, the only thing it affects is if Jacksonville wins and Titans lose. It allows a tie in Week 18 to bet Jacksonville, to benefit Jacksonville. Um, yeah, Jonathan's right. The Jags still have wildcard equity as well. Um, okay, so listen, it's not a completely meaningless game for Jacksonville. Let's put it that way. But it's also not in super meaningful. There's a decent chance that they'd rather just get out healthy for week 18 is what I think we can say. Um, I can tell you in my inner group of friends, they're going to pull up the line for this game. And they're going to say, Jacksonville only laying four against Houston? What does Vegas know in this <laughs> game? Why are they trying to get me to bet Jacksonville? I'm going to take Houston plus four. That's how my group of friends is going to look at this game. Clive. I think that's how the entire public's going to think of the game. Right. What are they trying? What are they trying to get me to do here? I don't understand how Jacksonville can only be laying four. Um, I don't know. Like, I honestly, like, can this really move down further though? Like even, even if you had a strong opinion that like Jacksonville doesn't care too much about this game, unless they're going to, rest trevor lawrence like is there that much like can we move that much towards houston here i don't think so um like what what is houston bringing to the table that has allowed them to compete more than we think they would have competed in the last two to three weeks like what has been the differentiating factor it's not been quarterback play um has it been defensive line play? I'd argue maybe a little bit. I mean, uh, Jonathan Greenard is back, which is big for them because he's like their best defensive player. But he, that was like maybe a month ago that he came off of IR. So, um, yeah. I'm looking at the tiers from the last four weeks of uh, – in not unpredictable uh, – RBSDM. So the yes. last four weeks – what you see is relatively average rush EPA allowed, but 
very significantly the fourth best team in terms of dropback EPA allowed, right. which is what I've seen from what I've watched when I've watched them. Um, they've been disruptive. I don't know. I think four is kind of the right number. And maybe it goes to three and a half, like in all honesty. I don't have much of a feel for this game. Um, other than that, definitely, I think one of the talking points all week is going to be motivation for the Jags and whether or not this game actually matters. Um, that's, I think, the main talking point. Uh, Adam Schefter and uh, Ian Rappaport tweeting that Lane Johnson uh, has an abdominal tear and will miss at least the remainder of the regular season, possibly postseason as well. Oh, that's, so that's a blow to the Eagles. That's bad. It's all coming up 49ers in the NFC right now. I got to tell you, I like my NFC uh, or my Super Bowl San Fran future more hearing that news. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lane Johnson is such a great player. Uh, we'll close it off on the show with Monday Night Football, which I cannot wait for this game. Uh, we have the Buffalo Bills. Minus one on the road at the Cincinnati Bengals. Total of 49 and a half. Um, Bengals haven't played particularly well for two weeks now. They got out to the early lead against the Patriots. They almost squandered it. They played a pretty terrible game against the Bucs. Um, but what I think happens pretty regularly with Cincinnati, Cincinnati's the most undervalued team in the league. I'm going to say that. Uh, 26 and 10 against the spread since the start of last season. They find ways to win games, period. Uh, I don't know that the market sees that. I don't think that there's going to be a huge appetite for Cincinnati in just like a pick em range. There might be on my part, though. I'll tell you that right now. Um, don't know that this moves a whole lot off of where it's at right now. No, I think this is the, the right number. Um, can it get to the Bills minus two? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, weather doesn't look like it'll be a huge factor on Sunday. Or this is a Monday game. Monday game. Yeah. It's a Monday game. Lyle Collins, right tackle for the Bengals, out for the year with, I believe, a torn patellar tendon. So it's like six-month recovery for him. So we got some rain showers. And we got a 60% chance of rain, low 50s at Monday night. Um, I don't know. I think the total kind of stays the same. Some books have 49 and a half. I could see this maybe getting bet down a touch. Um, I agree. That's my that's my instinct is that the total's too high. Yeah. Um, most people will bet the over, I think, in this game because it's Allen against Burrow. But I think from a, a market perspective, I think you're going to draw under money here. Yep. I, I agree with that. And I, I mean, I, I have this number myself, quick, not huge adjustments off the weekend or anything at Buffalo minus one anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just want to watch this football game, to be honest. I just want to see how these guys play in, in this scenario. I mean, this game matters a lot to Buffalo and it matters a lot to Cincinnati, like for seating purposes and whatever. So. Yep. Yeah. Randy, what's that question? Sorry. Is Burrow in the Mahomes tier when you're interested in betting him whenever he's me? Um, no, um, maybe Rob. I'm, I have to do a lot more work on some things in the off season, but there's something that I don't think the market captures with Cincinnati. 
or my numbers potentially as well. So you know how we say often the Vikings are a lucky team? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that Burrow's a lucky quarterback or Cincinnati's not talented, but over the last two years, it does seem like they're on a, a lot of the right end of late game second half luck, if you want to call it that, where they just seemingly continuously perform at the top of what their range of outcomes is. Yep. And maybe it's just that I have the range of outcomes wrong, and maybe that is their median, but it just seems like that they are overperforming what I'd expect late in almost all of these games. So to your point, maybe it's something the market's just not capturing and I don't know why I can't see it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've struggled with this team for a while now, including in the playoffs last year. Um, yeah, just a tough one, but I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this game. I think we'll get a very accurate depiction of where Cincinnati stands in this yeah. game right now. All right, we've broken down all the games for next week. Just a reminder to everyone, uh, pick and roll up next on the Hammer Betting Network. If you want to jump over to the board NBA channel, that's going to get going in about one minute. Uh, NBA props with Pips and Jacob. Uh, Same game parley right here on the Forward Progress channel, 12 o'clock noon. That's with Krabs and DGen Weekly. They'll put together a Monday Night Football same game parlay between the Colts and the Chargers. And then later tonight, Hit the books, 5.30 Eastern time. That's the Hit the Books CFB channel. Brad Powers, Joey Kanish, primetime, myself, and Eric Eager over on the Hammer HQ. That's going to do it for us here on Forward Progress. Once again, if you do enjoy the content, please like, subscribe. It goes a long way. Uh, appreciate it as always. Um, really quickly, let's actually just, Rob, can you explain why? It's with the Viking, it's luck, and you expect them to regress to the mean, whereas with the Bengals, it's finding a way to win. Um, yes, I can explain that really quickly as I pull up some luck factors over the course of um, the season. But let's just say the Bengals have a uh, point differential of 85. The Vikings have a point differential of 5, plus 5. Uh, that's why I think it's a little bit more to do with luck for Minnesota. Um, Bengals actually blow teams out and actually win games by margin. On top of that, there's other factors outside of just point differential um, that you would expect teams to regress to over time. And Minnesota still, let me just really quickly pull up my luck ratings. Um, I believe as of now, they still had the highest luck rating of any team that I've had in my database over the past decade. Uh, They still do by a mile um cincinnati is fairly high as well but nowhere near minnesota all right that'll do it happy holidays everyone thanks for joining us on a monday thanks for joining us on a monday tell your friends uh we're back next week at the usual time sunday night 10 30 eastern time appreciate it peace out this has been forward progress the hammer betting network 